Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11th chapter, first verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence in things not seen. One playwright writes, it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says, if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. All right. Today is uh, July the 6th. Happy post-4th um, of July, Independence Day. Uh, hello, Reg. Craig, hey, Craig. Craig Dickerson here with yeah. Reg Clay. There you oh. go. That's oh, a little, and, bit, little bit better. There you go. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it's Craig and I, and uh, happy uh, post-4th, everybody. It's been really, really busy. I think we missed uh, a podcast because I was busy, and I think you were busy, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a... Uh, I guess we took a took a week off, but we're back in the swing of it. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so today, uh, I think it's on me, and I selected a, uh, a Bible verse uh, dealing with James, James first chapter, verses uh, two through four. And I want to talk about pressure. Um, but before we get into that, um, I'll engage us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, and we love you so much for waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning and motivating us to get into your word. We dive into your word because we want to know more about you and we want to learn what it is to what it is to be a Christian, to to walk in your name and to do what you want us to do, to be the perfect Christian, to be as perfect as we possibly can. Of course we can never really be perfect, but we want to be as close to Christ as Christ would want us to be, to be Christ like. We want to be um a king's pawn, a pawn of the king. Uh, we want to, <clears throat> to 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 be in your word, to be under your graces, to be within your hands, and to 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 do the things that you want us to do. And we ask that everything that we say and everything that we do and everything that we are is blessed by the love of you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Right. I was stumbling a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was trying to build an analogy. I had that analogy of the king's pawn. I'm a chess player, and uh, I always think of the king's pawn, pawn of the king, and you know, being right in front of the king, and and all of that stuff. Well, I think you're just being who you are, and that's 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 good enough for me, man. Yeah, it's good enough for me. Any case, I had a we we just finished having breakfast, and now we're here on the mic, and we were talking about um, pressure pressure, uh, what pressure that we put on ourselves and the pressure that other people, outside elements, put on us. And I think that um, going into the um, the epistle of James, who we believe is uh, the brother of Jesus Christ, there are a lot of um, scholars who, they don't know who James really is, but they, enough of them believe that it is the brother of Jesus. Yeah, well, you know. Coming from the oral tradition and then later on, you know, exactly hundreds of years later after the death of, of Christ, then a written tradition. And mm -hmm. so it's really hard to say, but you, you know, done some, you know, some research on this and you found that the Epistle of James was written about what, 50 AD? <coughs> yeah, or, exactly. Or at least 
About 20 years after Memorialized. The Memorialized in, in, in 58. Yeah. 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 And you bring up a good point because a lot of the history translated from oral, mm-hmm. non-written to written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm adjusting Craig's mic. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm back, but I never left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, cool. Make it a little bit hotter. <coughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah, but in any case, uh, yes. So I think, uh, and, you know, during this time, and we'll talk about the history, but first let me uh, jump into the actual verse. This is James uh, first, uh, James 1, uh, verse 2 through 4. Now I'll go ahead and read it. This is the Good News Translation. Something new. Mm -hmm. My friends, consider yourselves fortunate when all kinds of trials come your way. For you know that when your faith succeeds in facing such trials, the result is the ability to endure. Make sure that your endurance carries you all the way without failing, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And it goes on, but, you know, th- that's the, the basic thing. I like that. Yeah. It's <laughs> a, a nice pep talk. I think, I think we could all use a bit of that right now. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you were saying in the, in the history of this being uh, first memorialized you know, in 50 AD that there was a, a lot of war and strife between um, the Romans and, and Judea, and uh, the Romans came in and uh, kind of destroyed the town of Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let me jump into here. This, and really scattered a lot of Jews and Christians and Samarians and and you know Samaritans, or, you know, and uh, a lot of a lot of the other religions and people were kind of fleeing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm I I had it, and then all of a sudden, oh, here here it is. The historical context. Um, a 2013 journal article, and this article is written by a guy named Jim Reiher, R-E-I-H-E-R, in his book, Violent Language, A Clue to Historical Occasions of James. This is in the Evangelical Quarterly, volume 85, number three, for those who are into that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. In any case, he wrote a journal about James. Uh, he says that around this time... It explores a violent historical background behind the epistle and offers the suggestion that it was indeed written by James, the brother of Jesus, because a lot of scholars, you know, there, there are tons of Jameses. The, the name James, a lot of people had the name James during this time. Yeah, or, but, J- or Jimmy or Jim. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, uh, there are a lot of scholars who believe that uh, this is the brother of Jesus. Hmm. Uh, it, it was written before, this epistle was written before A.D. 62, the year James was killed. The 50s, 50 CE, saw the growth of turmoil and violence in Roman Judea as Jews became more and more frustrated with corruption, injustice, and poverty. It continued into the 60s, four years before James was killed. War broke out with Rome and would lead to the destruction of Jerusalem and the scattering of the people. And uh, it goes on to talk about the epistle James is basically trying to rally his people, the uh, the Christian Jews, mm-hmm. as they were known, and uh, to try to pick themselves up, and to try to dissuade them from worldly views or acting as the Romans would act or acting in violence or reacting and you know exactly just that way. Yeah, and you know it's it's tough. You know, I mean. I don't know. Is it Martin Luther, Dr. King, or Gandhi mm-hmm. who said, like, an eye for an eye, but it makes both parties blind? That's exactly uh, right. I, 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 maybe either of them or both said that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, uh, the, I think, you know, when we, when we talk about the pressure that we're 
you know, dealing with our daily lives. I think you said it to me, and I, mm-hmm. a lot of people agree. You know, you said like, well, I believe that eighty percent of it. You told me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm quoting Reg now. Eighty <laughs> percent of it is external pressure. I did. I wrote down a couple of, couple of things, and yeah. I'll just throw them out there. And of course, these are my thoughts, and because mm-hmm. uh, I this this subject matter. So I'll just briefly tell you what happened with me this week. So this week, and, you know, for those who have been listening, we know that we're theater people. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just opened, we had a wonderful opening night of Heather's, uh, the musical. For those who don't know, it's based on the 1988 um, movie starring Mm -hmm. Christian Slater and Winona Ryder (laughs) about high school girls, mean girls, and uh, (laughs) just high school being really, really toxic um, you know, um, people being joned on for being fat or being being geeky and not being beautiful and fashionable. You know, all the wonderful. You know, it's been a long time since you and I were in high school, Craig. So it's okay. I, I remember Heather's. Yeah, I don't. I, I, although I didn't know they'd make a musical out of it. But I, I didn't know they made a musical out of it. Now I should actually say the musical really uh, treats the subject matter of bullying, teenage bullying. It's fascinating how. The subject matter of bullying and what go, what a kid goes through in high school has changed. Um, you know, we're post Columbine and post um, mass shootings and, and cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. So um, the subject matter takes a different tone than what it took in the '80s, where it was taken a little bit more lightly. The musical really t- gives it the the um, the respect that I think the subject matter details. Oh, that's good. There are songs about. Uh, there's one. Um, character martha who is not a heather you know she's sort of portly but she's you know a very kind and sweet girl and she talks about she there's a song called teenage boyfriend and i'm sorry um kindergarten boyfriend (laughs) where in kindergarten everyone was sort of idyllic and everyone just wanted to play and eat cookies and Mm -hmm. sleep in the bunker and bunk bed and whatever but now you're a teenager and you know you realize that you know you're you know, their statuses and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you have wonderful songs which talks about what it is to do with teenage suicide and uh, wanting to kill someone. Uh, and, you know. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's one of the premises of the movie. That's it? right. A couple of folks die, and uh, it's, it's really, really crazy. Um, but so we opened, up last, we opened up last night, and it was wonderful. We had a fantastic audience. But, my goodness, this week was just full, so full of pressure. I mean, you know, we – we didn't have a band until Wednesday, and, you know, we had to – I had to – I'm the sound engineer, so I had to, you know, mix – you know, make sure everyone's mix is correct. And the producer's giving me notes, and the director's giving me notes, and the actors are unhappy. And we've got crew who are union, and they're like, hey, I need my break, and I'm going to take it now. I don't give a damn what you say. <laughs> and um, and I've got to tell my day job that, I, you know, that I've got to take some time off and – Everyone, it's it's just amazing um, the pressure, and I remember on the Fourth of July, I I'm supposed to relax. And I did actually go walk around Jack London Square nice. and yeah. you know and enjoyed myself, but I was just so full of anxiety. Yeah. And of course, of course, there you know I have my mind just speaking to me, and had a hard time sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure everyone goes through this. Everyone goes through whether it's your job, your relationships, your parents. Well, I didn't go through it this week like you did, but. <laughs> <laughs> you made it through. You made yeah. it the opening night. Though. Well, that's the nature of theater. I mean, everyone yeah. goes through hell week. If anyone's a theater person, you know how it is going through tech and dress rehearsal. Oh, and it's horrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Sometimes more horrible than others. I could tell yeah. even worse horror stories. You know, people yelling and screaming at each other. They, they equate it to having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the pain. And how, how was the birth? Anxiety <laughs> and the labor. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's, right. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. But getting back to the subject matter of pressure and, and anxiety, I wrote down a couple of things, and it, it all came through, you know, what I was going through this week, and really my memories of dealing with pressure and anxiety throughout, you know, um, the course of my life and all, not all of our lives. Mm-hmm. It's my belief that pressure that we face mainly comes from others, uh, not from ourselves. There are times where it does come from you, and, you know, there are times we have to look in the mirror. And as Christians, we always look in the mirror. That's what humility is. Jesus wants us to be humble. Mm-hmm. You know, what do I need to change within myself to make ourselves better? But a lot of times, especially when we're in a job, when we're in relationships, some unhealthy relationships, I should add, whether it's from our parents, uh, we deal with people in our lives, especially if we're dealing with uh, those who are not based on faith. I'm not saying non-Christians, but for those who don't have any faith system at all, um, you can deal with people who are toxic, who are, who are people who give pressure on you. And I think 80% of the t- pressure that I've had in my life came from other people, hmm. me dealing with wanting to please other people. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you can relate to that too, right? Well, you know, I I kind of have to own up to it. I mean, I mean, the toxic situations that I've been in uh, growing up, I, I got, you know, mm-hmm. you're a minor, you can't really leave home. Yeah, yeah that's right. You kind of have to sit there and, and deal with these crazy adults. Yeah. And uh, as best you can, mm-hmm. and I'm sure a lot of people have their own particular story of, you know, whether being bullied in school or anxiety at home or yeah. what have you. Yeah. You know, just just you know, just the hard parts of growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and but it, and so in a way, you know, that's a little bit different than you know, that's kind of being a captive. Yeah. You know, you know, in a, in a hostage situation. Or sure. Like that. But I'd have to say in the in later in later life, the uh, sort of toxic situations I've been in, I've been you know participating. Uh, I've been, mm-hmm. I've been, uh, you know, I have to own up to it, you know, and yeah. so I can't really go this 80, 20%. I, have, I think it's more like 50, 50, yeah. you know, you know, when you're in that airplane and, mm-hmm. you know, the masks come down and you can't get out, right. you know, that's one thing. But when yeah. you're in that airplane and you have, you know, you have a chance to like use that parachute and you choose not to, mm-hmm. then in a way you're just kind of like putting yourself right in the thick of it. And, 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 and. Know, you you may have the choice to get out, but you may not. Yeah. And are you are you may deal with it as best you can, saying like, yeah. well, you know, I'm familiar with this situation. I can deal with it. I can't deal with, you know, mm-hmm. you know, going out there and possibly pulling my chute into yeah. I don't know where. So so a lot of times I'm just kind of like, you know, what what do I do when you're in the plane? What do you do when you're out of the plane? Yeah. And uh, and I would say this, uh, you know. What I've what I've run to is um, having some kind of uh, grace, or depending upon some kind of grace, or yeah. or or hope, or faith, or love, or mm-hmm. belief, you know, and and that is the thing that is kind of like, you know, help me, you know, yeah. as I'm as I'm plummeting through the skies, waiting for my chute to open, or those help me when I'm stuck in that plane, you know, and and not yeah. really knowing. Whether there's an exit or not, 
And so this little quote from James, you know, which I think, you know, embodies, you know, the, the kind of message that, you know, I've, I've been kind of getting and reading lately is that, you know, God got you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord got you here. He got you here. You may be in like a terrible mess right now or you may yeah. be, you know, you know, falling, you know, apart from some kind of, you know, disaster or grief or loss or turmoil. Mm-hmm. But the Lord got you here, and the Lord's going to get you through yeah. it. I mean, if if you had the tools enough to like deal, you know, to be up against this, you know, yeah. this wall, then you know, you gotta you gotta understand by the grace and faith that, you know, God's love is going to get you through it. I, I had you know, two. I had two. As you were speaking, and and it's the cool thing about you and I, we sort of motivate each other. You know, you say something, I'm like, oh wow, I've got a thought. Right. Uh, but two things. Number one. You had talked about you're absolutely right when you let's say especially when it comes to relationships, a lot of times we contribute to oh my gosh. I, I, to yeah, you own yeah. It. and it reminds me of there's a wonderful Isley brother, of course I, I love these old soul songs <laughs> I do too but um, uh, the Isley had a song called "At Your Best," and one of the lyrics is, "When I don't have the strength, I'm just a mirror of what I see." Mm. and it's really, really deep and I don't know why it's always uh, caught me, mm. but you know, when I when my defenses are down and when I'm really, really frustrated and someone is frustrating me, a lot of times I mirror what they do. Right. I say the same thing. You know, someone's yelling, yell at me. I'm going to yeah. yell at them. Yeah. Someone's going to be petty to me. I'm going to be petty to them. You're your mama. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. What you say, you know, <laughs> you too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, when I talk about, you know, I mentioned, number one, that a lot of the pressure that I deal with comes from someone else. Sure, I can contribute to it, but am I the one, you know, sort of mode? Of course, we have to look at ourselves and say, hey, listen, we need to check ourselves. But we also have to be mindful of who we bring in our lives, you know, um, who we, when we talk about our spiritual, you know, you and I were talking about the importance of fellowship. Yeah. Uh, We were talking about that uh, during lunch, uh, I'm sorry, breakfast time, how important it is to fellowship with people, not necessarily like-minded people, but people who motivate us, who lifts us up. Mm -hmm. Because we we feed off of each other. I feed off of you. You feed off of me. Yeah. And we, you know, sort of are like cheerleaders. You know, someone in our corners. You know, when we're in the uh, the boxing match of life. Yeah. Uh, of our spiritual lives. And I get that from you too. And I get it from uh, my my small church community. And yeah. And I'm sure you know we can all reach out and say, well, we get that from family members whom we trust. And sure. We're not necessarily you know you know may not be a whole lot emotionally at stake, but. You know, we get that from loving, loving relationship, friends, friendship, good people that we admire, who we connect with at our work, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. so forth. And, you know, it's not just a matter of, of you know, being, you know, so isolated. I feel, I feel like, you know, if, if you can have, if you can see the opportunity to fellowship or to be connected with someone else, you can do it. Uh, if you can, if you can see the opportunity, it can be made there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just, you know, you have to make eye contact. You have to try. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, but it's without this, without mm-hmm. without those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I find it I find it really difficult to kind of take this leap of faith, to take this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, belief in grace and belief in, yeah. you know, hey, this is all going to work out, even though, you know, I mm-hmm. don't see the yeah. end, I don't see the end of it. Because a lot of times when we deal with pressure and anxiety, we're talking about, you know, the the the, the voices in our heads mm-hmm. that make these assumptions about people and your situation, and you can't see the light light of the eye of the tunnel. 
the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times when we, you know, you had mentioned sometimes you're in a relationship or you're meeting with someone. It could be a boss. It could be, you know, parents. It could be your kids. It could be a loved one. Um, where the situation is toxic, where two people aren't seeing eye to eye. You mentioned about being on the plane and not wanting to, you know, uh, jump off the plane or being in the plane. Uh, sometimes we we need to, and we've talked about this on other episodes, where sometimes we need to cut off relationships which are not healthy, w- although we don't want to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was a baseball player. No, I'm sorry. There was a football player who had his uh, arm amputated, <clears throat> and I'm sure I think he was a uh, Miami Dolphin this is a bad week for uh, sports folks. Uh, there was one day, uh, there was a uh, California, there was a Los Angeles angel who died, um, and no one still knows why, or at least yeah. it's not being reported. Yeah. There was a football player uh, who they called him the Pillsbury Throw Boy um, because yeah. of his size and his ability to be a quarterback and be agile while still being big. He battled with weight issues, and he lost that battle, and he uh, died at the age of 38. That was this week. And then we have uh, the football player who had his arm amputated. And what I was going with that is I'm sure he was like, no, 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 I want to keep my arm. I got to keep playing. And they're like, no, 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 no. This arm, although you feel dependent upon it, it has to go. It has to go. So unfortunately, um, I don't know if his playing career is over. It probably is. I would imagine so. Yeah. But um, back to my point, um, there's some relationships, although – you have a dependency on it, and you have an emotional dependency on it. It just has to go. If it's in the way of your progress, if it's in the way of your relationship with Christ, if it's in your relationship your spirit, of your your ability to grow, mm. it's, it, you know, it has to go. And sometimes you have to put on that parachute and leave the plane. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's very tough. Yeah. No, it's a tough one. But um, and it takes a it takes will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of times we just say one step at a time, one day at a time. Yeah. Uh, one moment at a time. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, if, if you need to fear, um, I don't know. I feel as though, I feel as though when I'm praying, mm-hmm. and in times like these, yeah. You know, I'm 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 praying for strength sometimes, but not, uh, honestly, sometimes I'm just praying, saying like, "Okay, God, you take the wheel." Yep. You take the wheel. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ride, mm-hmm. you know. I'm gonna ride and and and, uh, and uh, hope, you know, that hey, you got me this far, mm-hmm. you'll get me further, you yeah, know, uh, emotionally, spiritually, physically, uh, yep. further, further. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing um, what God's love does. Yeah, um, you know, especially in those times because it's just like this is. This is when it, you know, when it's really necessary. I think we were listening to some kind of Bible study a while mm-hmm. back, uh, you know, sermon uh, Father Justin was saying, and how like uh, the apostles come into this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, into this town in uh, Samaria. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and uh, I don't know. We were talking about this before. You know, the woman, the, uh, the woman who touched the hem of the garment. No, no. This when the apostles are coming into this okay. town in Samaria, yeah. and uh, the Samarian. Jews and the Jerusalem Jews were different. They worshipped different. Yeah. Jerusalem Jews worshipped, you know, with Pharisees in the temple. Samaritan Jews worshipped on the mountain. Mm-hmm. It's like the same religion, but for some reason, they both thought each other were heretics. <laughs> and uh, and the mm-hmm. apostles come into the town, and they're like, "Hey, Christ, there's all these Samaritans. You want to smite them?" Mm. And, and Jesus was like, "No." <laughs> yeah. Right. 
I don't want to smite them. Mm-hmm. But then he, but then you know, some Samaritans come up to him. They've heard what a great healer, teacher, whatever mm-hmm. he was. And they yeah. said, like, hey, you know, you're you're great, and we really like you, and you like your new religion and everything. And, mm-hmm. and we'd like to follow you. And so Christ, Christ was like, yeah, well, come follow me. And they were like, well, no, we're busy right now. Yeah. Oh, I, I heard. Yeah, I heard about this parable. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're not, no, no, we're a little busy right now. Yeah. And uh, he was like, "Well, you know, you're busy. You're busy." Yeah. You know? yeah that's right. And and he was just like, you know, I, I, you know, he knew he didn't have a lot of time. Yeah. You know, for people to like go like, eh, maybe I'll hang out with you. Maybe I won't. Yeah. You know, whatever. He was just like, yeah, just drop, drop everything and follow me. That's what. It, that's what all these folks are doing. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no. And and so. You know, and the point I'm trying to make is like being in that bad situation mm-hmm. where you know you're probably causing 50 percent of the trouble, and the, you know the other person's probably causing 50 percent of the trouble, but mm-hmm. nobody's causing any kind of relief. Yeah, it's just things getting just bad all the time. Yeah, you know, um, you can sit there and put it off and put it off and stay in those situations. Oh, sure. Yeah. Or you can you know, follow mm-hmm. another path. Yeah, it means giving up. A lot of things that you're familiar with. Oh God, I got all these fathers. I mean, That's in, right. in this case, it was exactly the obligation. Right. I'm the eldest kid. I got to take care of my dad. I can't follow you, Jesus. Sure. So, you know. Oh gosh, you know. I mean, you know, I don't love her, but you know, I could do a lot worse. Yeah. You know. And, yeah. You know, and and I don't know. The world's so cold, and I don't want to. You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. Want, I don't want to go out there and yeah. and mix with people. And it's just like. So you decide, like, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get up and yeah. follow you. I'm, I'm going to stay here and, and do you know, what people, I need to do. And people yeah. hold on, yeah. even for religious reasons. Though. They say, like, well, no, you know, Jesus wants me to stay with this person because I can save this person. Mm-hmm. I can heal. I can help heal this person. Yeah. And while that may be um, commendable, if someone isn't willing to heal themselves or to help in their own healing process, they can very easily drag you down. Oh, yeah. And it's... And it, it could be, you know, one can say, well, no, I can't leave this person. You know, it's what would God think about me if I were to leave this person? You know, it's. No, and what kind of example are you setting for this other person anyway? I mean, you can't heal them. Right, exactly. And, and maybe they don't need saving, you know. And, yeah. and uh, you know, so whatever you're trying to do, you, you, you know, mm-hmm. you should be doing for yourself. Yeah. You I, know? Think, I think everyone needs saving, but it's not necessarily your job to save everyone. Not in that situation, it right. certainly isn't. I mean, you, know, right. you need to put yourself into a situation where you're qualified, mm-hmm. where you don't have to be the lifeguard, you know, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> when you have no qualifications. Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's yeah. even scarier, isn't it? we got a lifeguard on duty, but he can't swim. Right, <laughs> right. And I look at, I look at the verse, um, consider yourselves fortunate when all kinds of trial comes your way. And me, me and people will be like, wait a minute, why would I be fortunate <laughs> when bad things happen? That is kind of like asking a <laughs> lot, isn't it? Right. But he says in verse 3, immediately after that, for you know that when your faith succeeds, not if, but when, okay. the result is the ability to endure. Yeah. And we see this throughout the Bible. You know, Job oh my gosh. having to go through oh his trials. God, all, uh, all the uh, all the prophets. Yeah. yeah, the children uh, in the fiery furnace <laughs> who survived. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Ishrap. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and even the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, yeah, the Christ where story who is, rose, you know, from the dead. Yeah, the Christ story is uh, is an amazing thing. Yeah, to me, I mean, just full of mystery and beauty and sacrifice and just. 
just the embodiment of, of, of the human experience yeah. that God has, you know, mm-hmm. that God loves us and sees us as human beings and not just kind of like crappy things. Right. Not just some uh, mistake, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, no, God sees us as, uh, I feel as though he, he embraces even even our faults, yeah, and sympathizes, yeah. even even when you know, even when we are low, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's, you know, that's necessary to me. I mean, that's a necessary part of this yeah. message because it means that, mm-hmm. you know, you're living up to an expectation. Yes, an expectation of yourself, an expectation of others. Yeah. Even a lot of people, you know, you know, have a lot big expectations of what they think the Lord is supposed to be doing right now in the world. A lot of people are like. How can this be going on? Mm-hmm. All this stuff, you know, war and around. These people treated like dirt at the border. Yeah, that's right. Now, how can this stuff be going on? You know, mm-hmm. doesn't the Lord care? I have a great deal of expectations to the Lord. The Lord, has, I think the Lord has a great deal of expectations in us, but also embraces that frailty. Yeah. You know, and never, never gives up. Never mm-hmm. gives up. Yeah. Now, when, the, when, when we talk about, you know, endurance. Mm-hmm. You know, that means the long haul Yeah, to me. You know, one of the things, we, and we talk about this during breakfast, the, there's an intangibility when we talk about faith. You know, like I have my preamble, which I wrote just on a whim. And uh, faith and, um, and you mentioned grace. This is during breakfast. Yeah. And there's an intangibility. You know, when we talk about uh, faith and grace, mm-hmm. uh, the common person would say, I can't see it. I can't smell it. I can't feel it. I can't touch it. You know, what is it? Mm-hmm. And there and I mentioned that, you know, there's some folks who talk about it as if you're sprinkling salt or pepper on your food. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have grace. I have faith. in, but it's it's <laughs> it's like a word that's just thrown in thrown around. Yeah. But it's when you have pressure where you really understand where your faith is right. or where people's faith and belief are. Well, you made it through this like incredibly hard week and you're mm-hmm. up at 6 a.m. smiling, getting ready to face the next day. Well, sure. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned the, the airplane analogy. I remember I was flying to India to meet a, a friend of mine. Uh, Sally, if you're there, hey, how are you doing? Um, but it was a six, it was 16 hour flight. And of course, you're flying over the Pacific Ocean. Right. And there are times where there's turbulence and you're like, oh, my God, you know, um, if this thing crashes we're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean <laughs> you're, you're done. Yeah. and, you know, there are times where the plane will shake and some people are like, I'm just going to breathe and just deal with it. Right. And some are like, <laughs> no, just white knuckles. They're, they're gripping their, their seats and they're crying and wow. they're like, oh, my God, what the hell's going to go on? And but, you know. Who has faith and who doesn't? And I really believe that's one of the beauties, if there can be a beauty, about pressure, which I think is what James is talking about. Fortunate when you deal with pressure because then you know where your faith is. It's like a Geiger counter. It's, I, mean, I don't know if it's a Geiger counter, but it's a measuring stick. It's like, where's your faith? It's easy for you and I to say right now where our faith is because, you know, we're doing okay, you know, we have our health, our strength, or whatever, but let's say, you know, you get into a car accident, or let's say you get that phone call you don't want to hear about a parent dying or something like that, mm-hmm. or you deal with real, real pressure, someone leaving your life, or you're losing your job, or something like that. How are you going to act? How are you going to react? Well, to, to me, and uh, this is the funny part about 
going back to the, the scriptures, yeah. be, be glad when trials happen. I think to me that says be glad when you can see them for what they are. Yeah. When you don't have to say, oh, there are trials, but I don't know what they are. Or, or no, nothing's wrong. Everything's cool. I'm fine. Yeah. You know, when it obviously to anyone, maybe even you, mm-hmm. you know, it's not. Right. You know, uh, there are trials. Mm-hmm. They're, they're there. Yeah. Be glad you can see them. Yep. And see them for what they are. Yeah. To me, faith, grace, um, belief. Yes. Is not really just like like you were saying a tangible you know condiment mm-hmm. that I can just sprinkle in my life and suddenly <laughs> things get better. Right. To me, I know that even no matter what's going on right now, mm-hmm. that with you know you know digging in and believing you know that in a, in a greater power and a greater love. And maybe I see right in front of me mm-hmm. that it's the result of that belief that what that's what it is. Yeah, it's like whew, I made it through that by the grace of God. And yes, mm-hmm. the grace of God, is, you know, is this force that assists you. It's it's not something you can just pull out of the air. It's something you have to go like okay, and then in, and look back and go like yes. Mm-hmm. That was faith that did that. That was love that did that. Yeah. That was, that was a test. Yeah. You know, and uh, and and I made it. Yep. And I had help. Yeah. And uh, and the help was faith. The help was the belief. The help was yeah. The catalyst. Yeah. You know, and uh, so, and that's, you know, it's it's kind of imploring somebody just to try and and uh, and reach beyond their own. Mm-hmm. Particular expectations. I yeah, I mean, a small example is, of course, a theater production. You know, you go through Tech Week, but you know you're going to have opening night. <laughs> and you know, the, the director <laughs> is, you know, won't write any more notes, and you know, the show is in the air, and that's it. And so, you know, hey, this is finite. You know, the show will end, and I won't have to deal with, you know, the pressure of Tech Week and all that sort of stuff. So that's that's no big deal. There are other trials that people are going through, like let's say cancer or. Um, a toxic relationship or whatever. And you're like, well, okay, well, how do I see the li- When will this thing end? Or this, my boss is just giving me absolute hell. When will it end? Um, what James is saying is that, you, you know, there is a, you know, there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I think one of the reasons why a lot of people have anxiety and they feel the pressure is that they can't see the end. Maybe they're not even planning for the end. I mean, uh, they you, you have to you, – you mentioned yourself, Craig, that you have to see the pressure for what it is. You have to sort of zoom back and really look at what's really going on. Oh, yeah. And, you and, know, and, uh, yeah. You know, and see yourself uh, in it and, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, like see the trial, see the, see the wall, see the – you know, see the <laughs> see the plane for what it is, the toxic plane that you can't get out of. You know, see it for what it is. Yeah. You know, and see and see yourself honestly. I mean, it, it's a matter of just addressing it honestly. I think. Yeah. And, yeah. And you can't really expect the world to mm-hmm. to you know say you suddenly oh I, I've had this great re- revelation. I'm in this crappy situation, but I'm addressing it honestly mm-hmm. with myself now. I'm going to tell the world I want it to d- address me honestly. Yes. <laughs> well, guess what? No, it, yeah. it doesn't work that way. Well, sure. You know, the world doesn't give a. Yeah. You know, maybe you know, maybe the maybe the world, maybe the maybe the people you're the around, people you're around, haven't been enlightened. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and it's a weird kind of expo- ex- yeah. expectation, but that's that's yeah. kind of funny. You feel like, well, I'm doing the justif- justified thing. Sure. Why can't you? And uh, you can't really expect yeah. you can't really expect that kind of thing I mean, in what, return. What, but you, the, the thing is, you can put it upon. Sure. You can put it upon. You can address yourself honestly, and that makes a big difference. Yeah, and really communication. I mean, this steps out of the whole religious thing, but I mean, sort of. I mean, just I feel like I'm doing a TED talk, but yeah. I think about my communication with the people who. I surround myself with. I think I do a good enough job of surrounding myself with good people. Not just, you know, of course, I have no choice. You don't have much of a choice if you have a job and you're hired. You know, it's like you 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 take a job because you know they're going to pay you and this the job that you want to do, hopefully. But you don't know who your boss is or your boss's personality. But you have an understanding of how you can communicate with people and how honest you are with people. If I'm around someone who doesn't respect me or doesn't respect my communication, if I can't tell the director or the producer, hey, listen, this is how I'm used to running a show. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm used to, and this is how I think things should be done. Yes, there are problems, and here's where the problems are. Let's work together. If no one has the respect to listen to me and really take that into account, then... This is a situation I shouldn't be in. And then I just have to tell myself, hey, listen, you know, this is finite. This show will be done in a few couple of weeks. I got to endure the storm. That's it. And the the most you can do is, like you said, your piece. You you know, you were were clear. Yeah. And you're not going to get you the result you need. Exactly. At least you're not going to be, like, banging your head against the wall about anything you Exactly. Might have not yeah. addressed. So my right. point is, who respects you? Who doesn't respect you? Who who surrounding you really truly respects you? And it's about who you choose, and that's the choice you make. Mm-hmm. Who you choose to have around you. I mean, in these times when James was writing, you know, they were, mm-hmm. you know, everybody was fighting everybody. And yeah, uh, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like you know, this little verse is kind of a way of saying, like, look, you can't armor yourself mm-hmm. good and. Good enough. Yeah, I mean, you can't put enough armor on your on yourself. That's gonna that's gonna stop you know mm-hmm. the attacks. The attacks yeah. the attacks are gonna come. Yeah. But with God's love, you can at least understand mm-hmm. you know spiritually how you can you know how you can arm yourself. And by spiritually, I mean emotionally, spiritually. You yeah. Know, you know, kind of like you know, at least you can have like you know the gut instinct. You mm-hmm. know, and, and you know that like hey. The Lord loves me, yeah, and love and, and and cares about me, and is willing to get me through this. Yeah, and we talked about so um, a group of. The, I'll just read this real quick. Before the war, Judea was a Roman province of the third category, that is under the administration of a procurator of equestrian rank and on the overall control of the governor of Syria. Basically, the guy was Agrippa the second. Agrippa the second was married to his sister. Um, it was very, in, you know, a crazy situation. They were being overtaxed. Uh, the temples were being uh, disrespected. And just as you were saying, many of the Jews around the time, Ju- Judeo-Christians, dealt with the situation differently. Some followed a group of the second who really wasn't a Christian. Uh, you know, he basically adhered to the Roman um, Caesar at the time. Yeah, the different sects, you know, all thought each other were heretics. Exactly, see, we're heretics. Some some were like, hey, listen, we're going to go to war, we're going to fight. And James is writing this letter to say, hey, listen, let's, you know, let's try to have common ground here. There's a wonderful, uh, going down to, um, let me see if I can find it. 
He says in verse 13, if we are tempted by such uh, happy are those who remain faithful under trials, because when they succeed in passing such a test, they will receive the, as their reward the life which God has promised to those who love him. If we're, uh, this is the one that I want to. Uh, if we are tempted by such trials, we must not say this temptation comes from God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But we are tempted by we are tempted when we are drawn away and trapped by our own evil evil desires. Then our evil desires conceive and give birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Now that's an interesting statement. He's basically saying, "Listen, because you know many people say, why why is God doing this to me? You know, why is God give, giving me heartache and you know bringing bad things into my life?" He says, uh, James says it very clearly, God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. God does not tempt you to do bad things, and God does not bring bad things into your life. I mean, bad people can bring bad things to your life. Just facing the shadow and not, and not turning around and facing the lies. Exactly. You know, it, it, That's it, a great analogy. It, you know, it's, it, it's, it's just turning it around, turning around so you... You got your back to that stuff. Mm -hmm. You can turn right back around and be right in the thick of it again. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm close enough there. There you go. You can, turn right, good. you can turn right back around and be in the thick of it again and just mm -hmm. see nothing but shadows. I mean, it's like I, I understand that. I understand that feeling. I've, yes, I've had feelings of knowing that the sun was there, but you know, I just felt it on my back. I felt warmth. Sure. I knew that there was light because I saw like you know it around my own shadow. Mm -hmm. But oh, I was. Uh, wasn't willing to turn it around. Yeah, uh, and uh, and that's that's it to me. I mean, that's it's pretty simple. You know, so yeah, you turn down that, you go down that dark road, you know, and mm -hmm. temptation or whatever or evil, and mm -hmm. then you know, eventually, yeah, it's it's going to be the death of you. Yeah, you know, and you'll be consumed by that. You know, yeah. it's, but it's not. It's not the it's not the Lord making you do that. <laughs> there's no there's no Lord that that would do that in that I know of. Absolutely, and and I totally agree. You know the the God that we believe in and that we love and who loves us um, loves all of us. And and yes, you feel powerless. Mm -hmm. I know. I know you feel powerless. Yeah. Uh, and you know God's God's power is awesome. His mm -hmm. love is awesome. It's almighty. And it almost seems like you know why? Why would he care about me? I'm just you know mm -hmm. some some weak little idiot who can't seem to turn turn things around even for a minute. Yeah. And, you know, God loves you even then. That's what's kind of astounding about the Christ, uh, Christ story is that even in our most frail moments, in our most doubtful moments, mm -hmm. you know, there is there is somebody who's listening. Yeah. There's somebody who's right yeah. there in the trenches with you, going mm -hmm. like. I know I'm here. Mm -hmm. I know I've been here all, all the time. Yeah, you know, and I'm gonna hang out here. Mm -hmm. Don't really like it anymore than you do, but I'm here. Yeah. You know? So the three buttons that I that I would have when I think about this, when I think about pressure, um, I still believe that a lot of pressure comes from outside forces. There are times where we ourselves generate the pressure, and so if we if we generate tension within ourselves and it's like no one is you know it's like there's people who feel anxiety and nothing's happening you know the boss is treating you okay and you know things seem to be okay but you yourself for whatever reason yeah. and a lot of times it's from you know whatever happened in the past in your life you know this is something that you know you should seek counseling for it's just stress you know yeah just stress yeah. so if, if internally you need to look within yourselves and be humble and say listen 
am I putting a cross on someone else? Am I giving pressure to someone else? Mm. And how can I relieve that? You know, as a Christian, it's not our job to to make other lives, people's lives miserable. So we have to be honest with ourselves. Mm. So look upon ourselves. Number two, look upon others. You know, who do we surround ourselves with? Are other people putting, giving us, you know, the stress, the pressure? Do we have the communication skills to say, hey, listen, this is what I'm getting from you. And it's not good. I don't feel, you know, I want the, our relationship to be better. It could be with our our parents. It could be with our children. It could be with our loved ones, with our with our bosses. Yeah. You know, taking a zo- zooming out and saying, listen, you know, instead of reacting in anger, instead of being the mirror mm-hmm. and contributing to the the. Um, the toxic toxicity <laughs> toxicity toxicity yes. thank there you, you. Um, to try to zoom back and say hey listen you know maybe we should I need I, this is what I see and this is what I examine um, what do you think you know how, how can we resolve this thing and then the third thing to realize that there is a light at the end of the tunnel that uh, ever that you know pain is usually finite that it doesn't last forever now there are those who are terminally ill and uh, you know for those who are dealing with, you know, physical pain and, and um, you know, cancer or, or what have you, that can be a very, very long and enduring thing. And, of course, we, we pray for you, not just hearts and prayers, but I really do sincerely wish for the best for you. Um, but I'm talking about psychologically. Psychologically, a lot of the pressure that we endure, they don't last forever. No. They don't, yeah. And I would say, like, you know, when you feel weak and you feel lonely and when you feel, you know, as though you know your back is to the to the sun, yes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, let somebody be a shoulder. Yeah, whether it's a, a loved one, if you're if you're lucky enough to have a you know a loved one in your life that that you can lean on, whether it's a, your pastor mm-hmm. or some people that you trust in in your spiritual life, whether it's a teacher or a mentor. Or a family member who, mm-hmm. you know, you always could talk to, or a good, good friend. Um, there's always a shoulder, you know, mm-hmm. to lean on. L- allow allow yourself to do that. Yeah. And then when you're strong enough, be that shoulder to lean on. And you'll find there that you the once you can be that shoulder to lean on, even in a small way, mm-hmm. your spirit strengthens. Yeah. Your life brightens. Mm-hmm. You've gone that extra little step in the, you know, in a direction that promises good things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was just a little bit, but he, but, and for those of you out there who have the strength to out to be that shoulder, a lot of people need it. Yep, a lot of people need it, and you're going to need it too. Yeah, you know, you're strong. Maybe you're strong now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you said. Nothing lasts. That's exactly right. You know, it's constantly changing, and le- and and new trials will come. Mm-hmm. Harder trials. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> this life only goes in one direction. Yeah. If you're moving. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it goes a little faster. Sometimes not. But uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know. From the people I've seen, um, especially you know the things that I've learned. You know, I've been hanging around a lot of octogenarians lately at my oh, parish. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and they're experiencing, you know, the the, the, the you know the brute reality of what this finite existence is, mm-hmm. which is old age and and, uh, and body falling apart and sure. disease moving in, and, mm-hmm. and not many days left. Uh, and so, what I've learned from them is 
Yeah. You can't outrun that. But the spiritual strength that they have developed mm-hmm. over the years mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. You know, the kind of capacity for love mm-hmm. and tolerance and and acceptance, not only of their own situation, but of other people's whiny situation. Oh, I'm talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Acceptance, yeah. Their acceptance of all my BS, mm-hmm. as well as the... Uh, you know the brute reality of their lives. I'm really learning a lot mm-hmm. from these old guys. Yeah, and and that's the mm-hmm. that's the lesson I would I would give is like you know let let people be a shoulder. Yeah, but as soon as as soon as you get that strength, you be that shoulder. Yeah, hey, you know it's interesting. You mentioned the octogenarians. I'm coming from from a completely different. Uh, perspective because I've been hanging out with a lot of young folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's new. Uh, you know, a lot of the folks in Heather's are uh, teenagers. Wow. Or they're just coming out of college. Yeah, and you hung out with some young folks in the last show you were in, too. Uh, women on the Verge. Although uh, a lot of those folks, there were some folks, there were some folks who were teenagers, but there were a lot of folks who were uh, middle-aged. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Heather's is basically a high school um it's, it's a musical about high school students. Yeah, so what kind of perspective hanging out with young people? What does that give you? Well, so there was one rehearsal, and I talked about this during breakfast. Um, there was one person who just broke down and cried. A young girl? Yeah, young girl. And right. she you know, she has a solo mm-hmm. where um, she, the character talks about suicide. Right. And um, you know, she wanted to sort of talk about her own feelings and, and about how young people go through uh, pressure themselves. You know, we, you know, you mentioned how older folks they've gone through so 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 much i mean at the, when you're at the age of 80 and 85 they've you can seen, tell all sorts of war stories. Yeah. they've seen it all yeah. and of course a young person hasn't seen anything at all and of course right. any little thing they can react to right. and you know we're doing a production where the actors they've had three weeks to you know from the be- day one of rehearsal to showtime three weeks yeah. to be ready and, and be prepared singing dancing and singing and dancing and and acting and all of that stuff and uh, it can be immense and you know we're not just talking about a high school musical this is the cowell theater yeah it's a big theater it's a big theater so i understood the pressure that she was going through and mm-hmm. her need to sort of emote and just get it out of her system right um but it also told me and I'm looking at a bunch of posters of, of shows that I've been involved in, how the trials and tribulations that I've gone through in my past has prepared me for the future trials and tribulations. Yeah. Well, you couldn't have got there without it. Right, exactly. Lord got you that far. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And we have a young stage manager who I think is 22 years old Ouch. who had never stage managed before, and he's doing a fantastic job. Oh, good. And he has the – and he, he will take this experience – and he will build on it as he moves forward. Absolutely. Uh, just as I have. So, and, and I think about when James talks about um, being fortunate for the trials, which sounds like an oxymoron. There is fortune in the experience in enduring. Again, we're yes. talking about that grace and faith because when do you find out that? That's right. After. That's right. After you've gotten through the trial. Yeah. You know, and that's what, that's, that's what I'm talking about. The grace and faith is, is, is mm-hmm. not... It's not recognizable except in kind of hindsight. Yeah. And then in hope, in the hope yes. that you can endure mm-hmm. the next set of set of things. Yep. You know? And, yeah. And like I said, you know, be a shoulder and lean on a shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, and recognize the value of both. 
Yeah. In yourself and yeah. in other people. I mean, I, I, maybe I should close this out in prayer <laughs> because it's like. Yeah, yeah, we, we, you know, sometimes you have to endure a heaven to, I'm sorry, endure the hell to reach a heaven. So mm-hmm. think about that when you, as you're going through the, whatever trials and tribulations you're going through right now. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I just want to say a special prayer to, to Myron and Felix and, uh, and, uh, condolences for uh, for their recent loss of Felix's mom and prayers are with you I'm thinking about lots of people going through their trials and uh, and uh, you know the acceptance of the passage of, of others and acceptance of the passage that n- and the road that you're on Christ thank you so much for letting us get together and, and and understand your word a little better and hopefully it'll feed us and guide us to be better people in, our, in the lives and weeks ahead and maybe even next week uh, we love you in Jesus' name. Thank you and amen. Amen. Another wonderful one. And here is my blurb. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had a horrible experience in the church which have made you turn your back to God. You can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us, on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I'm at Reg Space Clay. You can find Deb Calgar at D.L. Carragher. Uh, Craig, we're still trying to get him on uh, social media, but that's uh, been difficult. But you can also reach all of us on uh, Facebook, our personal Facebook account. And also, uh, we have a You Gotta Have Faith Facebook page. So you can always um, let us know how, what you think of the podcast on there. Um, don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years, and even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast, where you're listening to it now, but just tell your friends, on the Apple Podcast app, or really any app that you use to listen to podcasts, or on iTunes, if you're one of those who listen to your uh, your podcasts on a desktop or a laptop. You can just open up your iTunes app, click on store, go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side, and search for You Gotta Have Faith, and you'll find us. If you use Android, download SoundCloud or just go on SoundCloud.com. Search for us, and you'll find us. Thank you for listening, and God bless each and every one of you. Oh, oh, oh.